Hi, Barry. Welcome back to CityCast Denver. Hi, Bree. Thank you for having me back. So we're we're doing another uh, edition of our uh, podcast recommendation special called Listen Local with you, our local podcast expert. What are you bringing us today? The podcast is called How Art is Born, and it's by one of our art museums here. So I went to their launch, um, and I really loved the energy of the launch. You know, energy matters of things. Um, and so I couldn't wait to listen to this podcast. And it's about art, which is like what I feel like we're really talking about, like creatives and art and that kind of thing. So it just felt like something I was supposed to listen to. And How Art is Born is a podcast brought to us by MCA Denver, which is our contemporary art museum here. How does this show work? What is it about? What's sort of the format? The format, it's a conversational show, but it is done by someone that is local. Um, and I would say the form, it was a com- it's a comfortable format. Basically, like, what is your path in art and like how you're getting to do what you do? Um, and specifically in episode one, he's talking to a photographer. Um, Armando is what I want to say his name was, but it's very... I didn't like when I was listening to it five minutes in, I was just like, this is a very Denver podcast. I can't even explain what that means, but I was like, oh my God, this this is a different podcast. Like, this is exactly like, these are my people. Um, That's what it feels like. Like the host gets that, you know, as far as somebody understanding the state they're making a podcast about, but also the guests get that. Um, so I would say it's something that if you want to know about the love of Denver, people have without them just saying like, I love Denver and here's the spots I love, but like the spirit of it, that's what this podcast felt like it was about, like hearing from creatives, but also hearing the spirit of like Denver and what it's been through and the people that are here. Okay. Yeah. So it's hosted by R. Allen Brooks, who is a writer, musician, and um, I think he hosts a comic book podcast as well. Yes. And the photographer you're talking about is Armando Gennaro, who's a friend of mine. Phenomenal photographer. He captures in his photographs what I think you're exactly describing about this podcast, which is it captures the spirit of Denver. So the feeling, the people, the things that aren't necessarily obvious on the surface or when someone you know when like if you think about like the tourism board of Colorado saying come to Colorado this is what it's about those kinds of things don't touch on what Armando finds in his photographs and I I can imagine a conversation with him would be wonderful it's exactly how you just describe that read like the spirit you know just like what goes on here but it's kind of like when I was listening to this it's so funny that you know I'm on your podcast, but I was like, this is, it was so Denver in a way like that they were talking about how they met on the dance floor and like how they knew each other, but didn't know each other, but knew each other because they've been going to the same parties and saw each other and were partying together. And I feel like that is such a Denver scene of like mm. something like if you were in old school Denver, you know, like yeah. you see people on the regular that you don't necessarily know their names or things like that, but you're like, we party together. If I see them on a dance floor or something, I know they're going to have fun and I'm a party with them. <laughs> I see them, I'm going to point them out. Like I saw you the last time we had a good time. We're about to party together again. And that was like, oh my God. I was like, that's exactly how Denver is. People get to know each other almost through the club scene or through like, you know, the happening scene and that kind of thing. You hang out outside of that, but you kind of meet each other in a way of that you didn't have to have conversations. It was like the energy of like, oh, we both just got good energy. And then you became friends because that was happening. Yeah, no, I think that's a great descriptor of something that still happens in Denver, but it isn't quite as common is that little small town nature of us where you could bump into the same person over and over again, because you run in circles that sort of run next to each other. Yes. Um, and I mean, that's how I met Armando was just through sort of the scene of, of artists, but I'm looking at the podcast now, um, how art is born. And he, uh, our Alan Brooks talks to comedian Janae Burris, um, he talks to immersive artist Lonnie Hansen, who's been doing quote unquote immersive art for decades before this became a sort of buzzwordy thing. Um, another artist painter, Diego Rodriguez Warner. So it's it's artists talking to other artists. What do you think? What is it about that aspect of it, Barry, that you think works well in this podcast? It made me as a creative like so many times I was just like, yes. 
Yes, exactly. Yes, I was just saying like, yes, yes, exactly. Like, you know, doing a lot of different things as a creative, but the thing that you're supposed to do taking off, but you don't even think about that because you were afraid to do it and then you do it. And that's the thing people are waiting for you to do and that kind of thing. Um, And Armando talked about that with his pictures and like, you know, high riders and low riders and um, doing research and like saying like, oh, I'm gonna lean into that. And just kind of finding that, like getting over the fear, knowing there's a fear, you want to do something, you're creative and you're doing things, but like leaning into that fear of like, I'm going to try that thing that kind of seems scary. It might flop, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And maybe it did flop, but then you did it again or use the skills you use from that to for something else. And that was just like, they just kept talking about that throughout the whole podcast of like, the whole creative mind, how you've tried a lot of things, how, you know, you're using different skills to do things. So like, once people know you for one thing, you're like, I know how to do 20 other things, but this is the thing you know me for, (laughs) or like, you know, like popped off. So it just, it was so great, like to hear it as a creative. And I feel like a lot of us are more accepting that we are creative in different ways, or, you know, what we're doing is like, I have a regular job, but I do this after jobs or, you know, that kind of thing. So I was just like, this is us. Like, this is what adults are now. I'm so glad we're able to talk and have these conversations because that's what I needed to hear. Like as an entrepreneur, that's cool. But like, as a creative, it's almost different. You're always trying to think of something new that hasn't been done. And that's not normal in a sense, because you're trying to Mm -hmm. think of something like create something that isn't, it doesn't exist. So I think that this podcast really touched on that well, and like trying to get to those different spaces to create something you're just thinking about that doesn't exist. But, you know, as you're doing things, you're like, oh, I'm getting closer to what I'm supposed to be doing. (laughs) Awesome. I'm so excited to listen to this. I have to say I didn't know it existed. But um, the guests that they have on are all people whose work I admire. So thank you so much for this recommendation, Barry. And Barry, where can we find you online to get more recommendations and in and your thoughts on podcasts in general? Podcasts with an S in color. If you search that, you'll find me on most social networks. Um, there's also podcastincolor.com um, that'll link you to me. But yes, everything podcasts in color. If you search that, you'll find me. Thank you so much, Barry. Thank you, Barry. writer and professor. This is How Art is Born, an MCA Denver podcast about the origins of artists and their creative and artistic practice. Today I'm joined by photographer Armando Gennaro. Hey. What's up, man? Yeah, I know it was an awkward hey, but I wanted you to be honest. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. So to start off, can you give us a brief interview of yourself and your artistic practice? Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, so Armando Gennaro, uh, I am a photographer here in Denver. Um... I've been photographing um, different subcultures here in Denver for like the last seven years. Hmm. Um, I know we've met yeah. uh, a long time ago back during the solution and goodness days. Yeah. Uh, I mean, goodness is still going, but solution is kind of on a little hiatus. Right. Um, but yeah, I've seen you cut up the dance floor many a time. Uh, <laughs> and I've been lucky enough to be there with the camera to capture it and, you know, just capture the good vibes to a bunch of different parties here in Denver. Um, aside from the party scene, you know, I've like, I've documented the lowrider community. It's some of my favorite work that I've done here in Denver. Nice. Um, and just like, you know, overall, just, um, try to like document different communities here in Denver that aren't really like celebrated in the mainstream yeah when it comes to like D- denver um i think when you when you think about denver or when you try to search denver on like social media or you just like online yeah you know it's uh it's a different world it's like um you know it's what's pushed in in, in popular media is like the dispensaries and like uh, yeah right the breweries and yoga and like hiking and red rocks <laughs> and like that all that stuff is great but you know, there's so much more to Denver. There's so many more um, communities here in Denver that make Denver special. So yeah. um, I've just been fortunate enough to be able to like connect with people, build relationships with people here in Denver in different communities. And, and they've allowed me to like to come in and like document their lives and, and their cultures, man. It's been, it's been fun. That's really dope, man. That's dope. I'm glad that you, uh, you gave context about like, how we know each other. Cause I think it's an interesting thing. Um, just because 
we've never really sat down to talk. Yeah. It's this interesting thing where like, uh, when you know people from the dance floor, right? Right, right, right. Like, and especially like me being a, a non-drinker, like I just go straight to the dance right. floor and I don't really have much conversation with anybody. Right. Right. So you can know people for like a decade, it feels like, and yeah. not really. It feels like we've known each other for that long. Right. It's like, anytime I see you, it's like, hey, what's up, man? <laughs> yeah. Armando, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, dab each other up and it's all, it's all cool, but like, that's the extent of our conversation. Right. Yeah, we don't really know. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, when it, it's like the music is so loud, it's like we can't sit there and have a conversation on the right. dance floor. You know, I'll see people out in the like the real world that right. I know from dance floor, and I'll be like, "That's your voice." You know <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's cool to be able to like kind of get into um, you know who you are as an artist, man. So you you talk with a lot of pride about Denver. Are you a native? I'm not. So okay. I'm, I'm from California originally. Yeah. Um, you know, born and raised, born in L.A., raised in um, in uh, a town called Lompoc. Okay. And it's like two and a half hours north of L.A. Yeah. And it's a, it's a small town, but it's like a very diverse town. It's an interesting mix of people. You have like a, there's like a really big Air Force base there. Yeah. There's a really big penitentiary there. Uh, and then it's also, so you have those populations that live there, live and work there. Yeah. And then you have a bunch of... Um, uh, it's like a, a huge migrant worker pop population. Okay. There's a lot of fields and um, there's like, you know, it's called the Valley of the Flowers. So, yeah, you have an interesting mix of people. Um, and it's like, you know, low to middle income families. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I just grew, I grew up, you know, it's super proud to be from California. You know? um, but I ended up in the military and that's how I ended up out here. Okay. So, uh, what branch of the military were you in? Air Force. Okay. Yeah. I did six years in the Air Force from 03 to 09. How old were you when you joined the military? Uh, 20. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So before you got into the military, um, in your earlier years in California, mm -hmm. how did you get involved in art? Um, so I guess I always felt like I was like a, a creative kid. Hmm. Um, my dad was a jeweler. And so, um, he was always like drawing, um, sketching out stuff. And so from an early age that was like around me and huh. it was just like something that I gravitated towards. Yeah. Um, my mom was more like of a, she has like an accounting background Okay. and I always hated math and numbers. And, <laughs> um, so yeah. So like as a kid, I just gravitated toward being like an artsy type of kid. Yeah. Um, trying to emulate what my dad did. And, um, and yeah, so like, from a very early age, like I said, I always felt the need to create. That's how I kind of got into like music. Okay. Um, but so were you, you mean listening to music or were you, you were making I mean, Yeah, music? listening to music. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I played in a band. Yeah. Uh, played the bass. Probably wasn't that great. At it, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so like, yeah, from early age, I was just like, felt like felt the need to create. Like, I just always was like trying to do something. Like, I had like, I have books. My mom has books yeah. stashed away from like fourth or fifth grade. Okay. With like my poetry from that. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was like, English class made us do poetry. And, and so like, you know, I was just always creative, man. I always had like, yeah. felt like I needed to like say something, you know? Well, let me ask, what did the, what did that, what did the creativity do for you? You know, like for some people it's an escape, for some people it's a way to communicate, like, what was it doing for you? Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess, both of that, both yeah. of those. It's like um, escaping from, from you know, in, into my own little world. Yeah. Um, just kind of like being able to, like, create something, look back on it with pride. Hmm. And like, yo, I, I, I made this. You right. Know, like, um, yeah, so it was just something that helped me kind of gain confidence in, like, certain areas of, of my life. Like, yeah. With photography, eventually, like, I'm kind of a shy person, mm -hmm. um, kind of an introvert. And so like photography really forced me to like, you know, talk to people and like mm -hmm. go up to them first. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Well, so then, um, we, I've been talking with people about how art can be for yourself as an artist yeah. to work through your pain. Yeah. Or it can also be for like what you want to say to the world. Right. And so for some artists, they're focused on one or the other. Some people do both. Yeah, uh, where do you feel like you stand in that? Definitely feel like I'm I'm uh, falling along the line, you know, on both of those. Yeah. Um, I lost my dad when I was 18, huh. and so uh, for the two years in between um, losing my dad and then joining the military, mm -hmm. it was kind of like a dark time, right, for me. Um, I wasn't creating. I was just like, you know, I was living at home. My mom still was like trying to help her out. Yeah. Um, just working. 
and not doing much of anything. Hmm. Um, and so eventually when I joined the military and um, I started like picking up different things, like started like trying to go back to the, to the pen to like, you know, r- writing stuff out. Okay. Um, poetry and then poetry became lyrics. And yeah. So it was a way to definitely deal with the, with the pain of losing my, my pops. Um, but you know, at the same time, like I was like, writing about like different ills of the world. Like, you know, um, growing up, my parents were like super strict, huh. super strict, super conservative, like mm. South American immigrants, Okay, like go to church on Sundays, go to mass. They, they, they like try to protect me. Right. Um, but like, you know, after, after like losing my pops and it kind of forced me to, to grow up, you know, a little bit, a little, like a little bit more like rapidly. Yeah. Um, and so I was kind of like, I lost them at a time when I got really needed them. Like I was about, to, you know, I was, you know, 18 years old, I mean, you know, I was a young man already, but right. um, there's still so much more that I needed him to be around for. No doubt. Um, and so, so yeah, so like, uh, I was like finding out all these different things in life that, that I didn't know about as a kid. And, and so and I was, you know, I had moved away from my mom, joined the military. And so, yeah, so just like, it was a way for me to, deal with my dad's loss, but also like, you know, speak on shit that like was, was affecting me. And like, was, I see that was affecting the people that I was around and, and you know, stuff that's happening in the real world. So your focus then was on like lyrics and right. And songs and stuff like that. Uh, is, is, is that kind of what you stay with through the military? Yeah. 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 Um, and that's kind of like what forced me, not forced me out because like, it you know, it was my choice to join the military, but uh-huh. like, Ultimately, I just felt like the military wasn't for me. Yeah, you know, and I uh, and I did I did my six years. You know, I signed up for six years, so I, I, you know, went through with my with my term or whatever. But um, I was like, you know what, I could be I could be you know doing so much so many more things than, than you know taking orders from right from. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you're 26, 27 when you came out. Uh, yeah, 26. Okay. Is, is that where you ended up in Denver? So so uh, they stationed me in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Okay. Of all places. <laughs> I'm from California. It's a complete culture shock. Right. But Cheyenne's only like an hour and a half away from Denver. Yeah. And so um, I would come here on the weekends on mm-hmm. my time off. And um, yeah, the very first time I set foot in Denver was in 2003. Okay. And that's when I moved here, actually. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Small world, bro. Right. Um and so, so yeah, I just like started meeting people from 2003 until yeah. all the way until like I got out of the military. I stayed in Cheyenne for like another year or so, mm-hmm. but I had some homies that I was in, in the military with that I was waiting to get out with. Okay. So then we all got out and then some of us moved down here to Denver. Yeah. And then I ended up going to like Metro State okay. and going to school for free on the GI Bill. Oh, nice. Yeah. What'd you go to school for? So I went to school for, I graduated with political science degree. Yeah. Which is worthless. <laughs> Um, and then it was like a minor in sociology. All right. Yeah. So you came out, like, did you have like a plan? Like, were you thinking that you were going to try and do more art stuff? Or you were just like, I'm just getting out. I'm just getting out. Yeah. I'm just getting out. I don't want to be in the military no more. Right. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, it's like another dark period of time. Cause like trying to find myself after the military, you know, right. what I wanted to do was, was, uh, I, I thought I was going to be getting into like law school after huh. I graduated from Metro. Okay. Um, and so then I realized that the money had dried up uh, and law school was going to have to be on my dime. <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do law school now. <laughs> that does change my <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, the last, the last semester that I was in school, uh, I took a photojournalism class. Okay. Um, and I took like a film class where I was like learning how to develop my own film. Yeah. Um, but the photojournalism really kind of like steered me in the direction. I had already been taking photos. Huh. I had been taking photos for like, since I was a kid, like cameras were just always around okay. our family. Um, but it's not every, it's not something that I ever thought was going to be like a creative outlet for me. Huh. So like I said, cameras were always around. We always had like family gatherings. Yeah. And so we had like disposable cameras and like Polaroids yeah. and like, Family was always just like, yo, I'll, I'll, you know, take a picture of all the whole family together. So, so I would do it. So I was just like comfortable, you know, snapping photos. Right. Um, and even in the military, I like, I had a camera with me oh, okay. a lot, but like I said, it was just nothing that I never, I just something that I never thought 
could, I could use as a creative outlet. But so let me ask, uh, like when you describe the family stuff, it's basically like you're just cataloging what's happening. Yeah. Um, and was it the same in the military? You just kind of like keep exactly. Right? All right. But exactly. then you took the photojournalism class. Is that when it started to shift into something creative for you? So, so like right those three and a half years that I was going to Metro. Yeah. Um, IG Instagram was kind of like popping off. Yeah. Like kind of the, the beginnings of it. And so I was moving away from like being on Facebook and Twitter. Right. And got onto IG. And at first, you know, I wasn't really posting anything except like the music that I was listening to or whatever. And then uh, it was like right around the time that I got my first iPhone. Huh. And I seen all these like, I seen all these different rappers like Evidence and like yeah. from Dilated Peoples. Yeah. And like, um, who else was taking photos? Like, like Alchemist. <laughs> like, they were just like taking photos on their phones and like re- doing really like cool creative stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, like, I kind of want to do that too. Huh. I kind of want to emulate that. And really, I just like was going around because I, I had just moved here, you know, yeah, um, permanently in 2010. And so I was just um, kind of cataloging the same thing, you know, cataloging the, the city that I was in, yeah, the new place that I was going to call home. Hmm. And then, yeah, and then I took that photojournalism class. Right. And it was right around the same time that DJ Loki reached out to me. Okay. He was like, yo, you, you take pretty cool photos. It was like, with just a phone. Huh. It's like, you, would you be down to buy like a camera and like come take photos of my party? Wow. And I was like, okay, like it's going to be like, a, it's kind of a stretch going from like <laughs> shooting. Yeah. iPhone photos like right. in the streets of like, I don't know, a bench or flowers <laughs> or something, you know, to like photographing the party, you know? Yeah. It was like a, a professional camera and a, like a, mounted flash that I've never used before. Yeah. Um, so I was like, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. It's dope. Uh, first of all, shouts to DJ Loki. Yeah. Right. Uh, but that's, it's dope that just community brings you into the next level yeah. of your art. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Loki's like a specialist about like stuff like that. Yeah. He's the amount of opportunities and doors that he's open for other people. is insane. Like, nice. He's a, yeah, he's, he cares a lot about the people here. Hmm. Okay, so now you go from doing like photos around the city with your iPhone, mm-hmm. buying a professional camera flash, um, having to like interact with people at the party, yeah. having to wade through the crowd, yeah. get people to pose. Yeah. Like that's a whole new set of skills. How was that for you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the free alcohol helped definitely. <laughs> right, right. You know, like it definitely loosened me up a little bit and I was able to like approach people and um, you know, these large groups of people that would come out to, to solution to go dance, and yeah. to go drink. And, you know, luckily I was embraced, you know, with, with open arms and it's definitely like a golden era of, yeah. of, of that, of that party, like right around 2013 to 2017. 18. Some of the best pictures of my social media are ones that you took of me at that party, man. I love to hear that, bro. <laughs> it's really true. <laughs> okay. Well, so then, uh, what was it like for you, like just art, as an artist, right? So now you're doing this job and you got you got this new arena. Are you feeling connected to the photography? Do you feel like something's developing or is it just kind of like you're still just snapping pictures? That's a good question. Um, I'm just starting to like kind of develop my eye. Yeah. Because um, like the, the very first solution I shot was like the Halloween. Okay. And, you know, everybody's dressed up and everybody wants their picture taken. Right. And it's like... You know, it's super fun. Everybody's like, yo, yo, trying to try show off my costume and all this. But like the following week, yeah. I'm, I'm back there and it's like, nobody has a costume on, right? Right. So it's like, okay, I'm like, how do I approach these people now? The, you know, maybe they don't want to, don't want to get their photos taken. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I was just, it was all about just like developing my confidence and developing my style um, more than anything at that time, mm-hmm. you know? Um Deve- like developing the way I edited my photos. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a struggle, you know, it was like a, definitely like a learning process. You know, I, I, there was a lot of photographers that were coming up at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I would look at their stuff and I'm like, man, this stuff's really good. Like, I don't, I don't know if my stuff is, can live up to this. Hmm. So yeah. So it was just all about gaining confidence and sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let me ask you some practical questions. So, uh, were you doing digital or were you doing film? Uh, for solution, I was like doing digital, like solution and goodness is all yeah. digital. Okay. And then what were you editing your photos in? Uh, Lightroom. Yeah. Yeah. Like for people who don't know, like what goes into editing a photo? Like what are you, what are you doing? Um, well, 
when it comes to like let's, let's just stay with the with the topic of the like party photos. Yeah. Like I have um you know Metal Arc is like a super small space that right. I used to shoot in, and so I would shoot with the real wide lens. Um, and so when you, when you shoot in these these type of environments, there's like a lot of uh distortion on the on the edges. Okay, and so. I try to like, I, that's the first thing I do is crop. Okay. You know, so I'm cropping like whatever I feel like the subject is in that photo. Right. Um, and then trying to like get rid of the distractions. And then I'm just trying to like really, because it's so dark in there and it's the, the light, the, the flash is so, so strong. I'm just trying to like get, make sure we get some like good skin tones. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just like, don't not, not trying to really overdo it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Cause that's when you start really like making people look kind of silly and like, <laughs> plastic orangey. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like solution and goodness ended up being sort of like a boot camp for you. For sure. Okay. Yeah. So then how did other opportunities for photography start opening up for you? So, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, like just, um, all the people that I would meet, yeah. you know, every night, every Friday night, every Sunday, you know, afternoon or whatever for goodness. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that, that kind of like go to these parties and have their own thing going, you know, yeah. their own fashion brands, their own events, okay. other DJs that go there that are doing their own parties, you know, on different nights. So, yeah, so it was uh, really just like meeting these people and like, they're like, yo, Dart, you know, what are you doing, you know, next week? What are you doing mm -hmm. next month? And, you know, it really opened a lot of doors for me. Like I said, like Loki. Just giving me the opportunity to come shoot for him. Yeah. Really opened uh, all the doors that are like opening up, still opening up for me now. Hmm. It, it has to do a lot with Loki just give, like taking a chance on me. That's dope. Um, yeah, man. Hmm. All right. And that's that, that like weddings. Like I never thought I was going to shoot a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. The first wedding I shot was I was nervous. I was super nervous. Yeah, because you got to catch those moments. Right? Yeah. Like those yeah, don't get exactly, repeated. Exactly. Exactly. And so couples would come and I would take photos of them and, and they were like, yo, do you shoot weddings? Or like. I will. I will. Yeah, <laughs> right. I can. <laughs> yeah. First so how did dance. you how did you approach it? Like, did you know what the moments were, or did you like? Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, shout out to Google. <laughs> right. Shout out to Google right. Because I was like, yo, what do I need to like? Um, you know, what do I need to capture? I mean, the first wedding I did, they were like, all right, so you can send us a contract and, and we'll sign it and we'll get. <laughs> got a Google wedding contract. <laughs> right. I got to come up with the wedding contract. So I don't know what I'm doing. Um, hired a, you know, Blake, Blake Jackson. Yeah, yeah. You know, hired him as my assistant. Nice. And he was like, you know, just starting out. Okay. And so yeah, not really knowing like what, how, like how to compensate him and like yeah. how to compensate myself. Being like, this is this is my was my first wedding. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was just like nerve wracking, but really like, bro, like the internet. Shout out to the internet. Cause <laughs> like, yeah, you, you, there's a, a lot of information on it that comes in really handy. Huh. Let me tell you about the the weirdest thing I've ever photographed. Okay. It was a funeral. Huh. Um, my friend JC, you know, Panama, Soweto? Yeah. Yeah. His uh, grandfather passed away. Okay. His grandfather was a Tuskegee Airman. Yeah. In the Air Force. And so, you know, JC knew, knew that I was also in the Air Force. And he asked me if I was willing to photograph the funeral. Hmm. And I said, yeah, I mean, of course. Like, right. Of course I would do it. But I had to hit the Googles, bro. I was right. like, you know what? Like, what am I supposed to photograph? Like how, and how do I go about this being as respectful as I can? Of, right. You know? And so that was like an eye opening experience. Hmm. And it definitely like, it was one of those um, moments where you kind of like, feel like you take the next step mm -hmm. in, in your career, your creative career. Okay. And it just like really opened up my eyes to like being in the moment. Yeah. As far as like my photography goes mm -hmm. and just, yeah. Yeah, just kind of like being, as, like I said, being as respectful as I could, I could of you know, given the circumstances. Right. Now, it's it's interesting to hear this progression, right? Because you talked about when you were a kid, there were cameras around mm -hmm. and you're just documenting what's happening, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing in the military. Mm -hmm. Photojournalism, by definition, is documenting what's happening. Right. But then you move to this next level where you're doing the parties, you know? Right. And you're having to catch people who are like, you know, drunk, whatever, right. you know? And convince them, hey, let's, you know, let's take this photo and stuff like sure. that. And then you move into weddings and this funeral where it's like these um, precious moments mm. where you're involved in sort of like the most um, significant moments of people's lives. Yeah. And your ability to document has an impact 
yeah on another level so how did that feel to you because it feels like the as your career grows the stakes keep kind of going up yeah yeah um I guess kind of applying those moments, like yeah, with the wedding and like the funeral, and like learning how to apply those moments, like being in the moment, um, being mindful, being respectful, yeah, um, being able to to gain gain people's trust, mm-hmm. um, just trying to apply all that stuff to shooting in the street, yeah, you know, that's def- that definitely helped out a lot. Was that the beginning of uh, they shooting, or is that this is? I mean, they, so they shooting was like a hashtag that I created. Oh, okay. Right at the beginning of like me using inst like when I was on Instagram. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, and so like I, you know, I thought I was a clever hip hop pun, <laughs> right? Whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm a big. Everybody knows I'm a Nas fan. Yeah. Shout out to Nas, he just dropped a new album, which is incredible. But um, so I was like, oh, you know, they shooting major. Right. Hood. Right. So I was like, oh, it's a hip hop pun. It's like photography pun too. Um, and so I was just like tagging all my photos with they shooting. And then a couple of years went by and I met Blake. Yeah. And um, other people started using the hashtag. He started using the hashtag. Okay. And other people started using the hashtag. And then like Instagram photographer meetups became like, started becoming a thing. Huh. And so we would go out and do like scavenger hunts, like mm. photography scavenger hunts. And it was all under like they shoot. And he's like, yeah, we, we have something here that we should try to try to use. I've never heard of that. So like, like it would just be like, find this thing and photograph it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we did one down Colfax. Okay. Between like East High School and like the Capitol. Okay. And we came up with the list. Like we went out. It was just Blake and I. Yeah. And we went out and like found a bunch of stuff. I was like, all right, let's like use these as like, you know, the stuff that people, we need to have people find. Yeah. You know, like wow. one was like find a pinball machine or something. And so, yeah. So like, we huh. ended up, yeah. Having like a group of like 20 of us. That's dope. Yeah. And then, we, and then like we had gave out prizes. Um, so yeah. So, okay. So then Blake says, Hey, we have something. Mm-hmm. And what you guys started doing like, gallery shows right yeah so like the very first time we did a gallery show was at like shag lounge okay yeah yeah not really a fine art gallery but (laughs) (laughs) um but uh it was him myself uh our homie kevin and then our homie david who ended up moving out to the bay okay um but it was just like city-based photography you know um kind of like some hype beast photography style shit but you know it went well because like we had uh the homie mikey fresh yeah and then at the time his name was dj bloodsport oh yeah 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 yeah. now it goes by vandalay um and he they were like yeah we should you know you should have a photographer show at shag and we'll spin and it'll just be a good time like cool so we made it happen we got a really good response man a lot of a lot of photographers came out that were like on the same type of vibe same type of style and it was just a good time you know okay so i want to ask because it sounds like there's a there's a change in focus because up to this point, a lot of what you've been doing has been just capturing what's happening, like mm-hmm. at an event or something like that. But now you're um, going out and finding things to shoot. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it's all like all kind of overlapping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying because it's like not really my style of photography, like the the evolution of my style. Yeah. It hasn't really been like linear. Like it's been kind of all overlapping. Um, a lot of the stuff that I was shooting, like going out and shooting the city, like shooting wide portraits, like of the building and like kind of like trying to, um, you know, play with like different like perspectives. Yeah. Um, that was all going on while I was also doing like weddings and the funeral. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, well, so when you're doing that stuff, like the cities and what, what are you, what are you looking for? Like what, what matters to you as an artist in those moments? Um, yeah, like composition, like trying to find different perspectives of okay. like, um, how, how we look at the city, um, trying to find different um, spots that I haven't really seen people in before, like trying to get up on rooftops, like, mm-hmm. that, like, or, you know, don't, people don't have access to. Okay. Um, uh, and, and yeah, so that's, I mean, really, that's, that's what I was looking for. Um, just trying to capture it in a way that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. Okay. The city of Denver in a way I hadn't seen before. Because that's like very, 
a lot of the photographers that I saw out here, yeah, um, it was kind of like kind of whitewashed, kind of corny, very like straightforward. Yeah, there was like no no swag to it. <laughs> I felt like okay. Um, and so the photographers that were I was meeting up with and kind of like um, getting to know at, at that time, especially during that shag, that first show at Shag, yeah, um, were on the same type of vibe that we were on, and mm-hmm. so it was just like fun, like connecting with them and like learning from each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you talked about this uh, this desire to like show the city from different perspectives and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, th- you know how earlier we mentioned like art can be healing for yourself or there can be yeah. the things you want to communicate. Mm-hmm. At this point when you're doing like trying to show the city through different eyes, is there something that you're trying to communicate to people who see your photography? Um, I guess at that time, not really. There wasn't like a, a, a really a focus that I was yeah. um, trying, trying to show. But um, right around that time was like when I finished school. Okay. So then I, I, I had that photojournalism class. So like I said, it's all overlap. Yeah, it yeah. all overlaps. Um, and so learning about photojournalism and mm-hmm. learning the stories that I could tell. Yeah. The people that I could meet and, you know, the communities that I could try to represent. Mm-hmm. Um it really shifted that focus Okay. from just going out and just documenting. It's like a photography joke shifted the focus, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. On. Um, and so, yeah. So like, uh, going from like, you know, capturing the city just to capture the city, just because nobody else is doing it this way Yeah. to capturing the people of the city and like these different like subcultures in a way that allows these stories to be told and like pushed to the forefront. Yeah. Um, that's that's really when like everything changed. Mm. It's really cool, man, to hear kind of the whole progression, right? Because uh, you know, I just think about uh, solution and goodness getting you used to approaching strangers, mm-hmm. get you know, and asking to take photographs. Um, so do you feel like all of those skills when you, when you got to the point where now I'm going to hit these subcultures and walk up to people and be like, hey, can I take your photo? Do you feel like all of that kind of prepared you? Like goodness and all that stuff. Yeah. Solution. Um, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. The first time I ever saw lowriders here, the first time that I ever photographed lowriders. Yeah. Um, was during a Cinco de Mayo. And I had heard about how lowriders would cruise up and down federal. Right. And I had seen maybe one or two before. Yeah. But I had never like shot them. So I wanted to document it. And so I cruised up and down federal and I found grandpa's burger haven huh. down on you know it's like close to alameda and, and federal okay and it's a, it's like a huge west side staple mm-hmm. like it's an important landmark for the community there but lowriders post up there all the time mm-hmm. and i met this guy named kevin from out of control car club and super nice guy had his two lowriders out there um, and so I stopped and I, I was like, hey, hey, man, you mind if I take some photos of your car? And he was like more than willing for me to do that. Yeah. And then, you know, I kind of like got brave enough. I was like, hey, man, you mind if I take your portrait too? He's like, sure, sure, let's do it. And so um, from then on out, like I, I was jumping on Facebook and like finding these different lowrider groups and chats and like yeah. just finding out where people are going to be at next, finding that there's like all these different areas around Denver where lowriders meet up on a frequent basis just okay. to go cruise, just to kick back and, and, and kind of like have people stop and admire their cars. And, you know, that's yeah. like the lowrider lifestyle out here. Um, and so, so yeah, so it was important for me, especially because growing up in California, lowriders was such like an important part of me growing up. Right. You know, from the lowriders ma- magazines to the lowrider art that mm-hmm. I tried to like emulate from the magazines. Yeah. Um, to seeing it and like, you know, my favorite hip hop video right. and like my favorite movies growing up. I never knew, you know, being ignorant to what Colorado was when I first moved here, I never knew that that was, there was a scene here for that. Right. And so, um, really it was about me trying to find stuff that reminded me of home mm-hmm. and the lowrider community out here really reminded me of home. Hmm. And so like it connected me to Denver in a way that, I I wasn't connected to the city before. Yeah. Yeah. It's dope, man. All right. Well, so I I imagine most people who are like, at least a a significant portion of people who are listening to this are um, artists who are thinking about their own approach. Like, how do I get into this place? How do I do this thing? Yeah. So some of my questions go that way. So you take these 
photos of the lowrider community. Um, you get in, you start taking more and more. Where do you where do you show them? Like, what? How does that come about? Hmm. I mean, at first it was like all you know, just put them on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I, I was sharing it with, with like the people. I would get their contact information. Like, yo, here's this photo that I took, and I'm like, oh, thanks, man. Huh. And they would use them as their you know Facebook <laughs> right. profile photos. It was cool, you know, seeing people like appreciate that stuff. Yeah. And then, um, one of the best pieces of advice I ever seen, I received as a photographer was um, have your own website. Yeah. That you could post your like your best work at. Hmm. Um, people would take it more seriously if you have a website. If you have a card with a website that you can take them to, and not just like an at, like an right. IG at right. handle, um, people are going to take you a lot more seriously. Um, and so I did that. I got my website going, and I like started breaking up my work into like different chapters. Um, and, and then, yeah. And then we started doing like a lot of the, we started more doing more of that DIY, uh, style, um, exhibits. Yeah. Um, Blake and I started, uh, doing the winter in America series, hmm. which kind of, um, allowed us to bring different artists together, different photographers to kind of showcase work that focused on different societal issues, like yeah. homelessness and drug abuse and, domestic abuse mm -hmm. um just through the the lens of like up and coming photographers um and just over time man it kind of just snowballed and allowed us to get to the place we're at now i mean like blake is shooting for espn oh, magazine now and like nice. you know i'm able to have my work in a history colorado the history museum right so um you know it's kind of like manifesting like where we want what we wanted to do with it when we first started it was like we're trying to bring all these different photographers together that may have never gotten the chance to exhibit their work ever. Okay. Including myself. Yeah. Including Blake. And so it was all about, it was all about doing it for ourselves, doing it, you know, for the, for the communities that we were in. Um, and, and yeah, just to like, I don't know, give us a sense of like pride in our work. Um, yeah. And give us a, a, a creating spaces for us, you know? Right. Not everybody that picks up a camera imagines that they're going to have their work, in a, in a, you know, in a museum yeah. or like I had my work showcase at the airport. <laughs> right. Like, so, you nice. know, um, just like trying to create these spaces for new, for new artists to like, like, Hey, there, there is space for you to like show your work, uh -huh. have people appreciate your work. Maybe even have people buy your work. Um, and who knows where that can take you, you know? Yeah. It took us so far. Good places. Yeah. Pretty good places. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, did you, did, is that what you wanted? Did you imagine like, cause okay. So sometimes people go into art and they don't have like a vision. They're just like, it's cool to create something. Mm -hmm. Other people go in and they're like, uh, ultimately I'm gonna get these galleries. I'm gonna get a magazine to hire me to do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. how was it for you? Was it just kind of, you just jumped in and felt your way through it? Or did you have like a goal? I think it was like more of just jumping in and, and kind of finding our way. Yeah. And like, taking on these next like these opportunities come and mm -hmm. like you, you you face them head on and like i don't know where it's i don't know where it can go from here but yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna do it and nice yeah so man it's just been like a blessing really a blessing and a privilege to like the, we, i opened up at history colorado last week man and congratulations like, thank you the response has been amazing um and just being able to like showcase these communities that are so significant and you know, to the fabric of the city. Yeah. Um, that not, you know, aren't celebrated as often as they should be. Right. It's been, a, it's, like I said, it's been a privilege. Uh, the focus at, of the show at History Colorado, is that the lowrider subculture stuff or is it? So it's a, so there's a little, some lowrider stuff in there. Okay. Um, it's like broken up into like different sections. Basically what's going on at History Colorado is that they're doing a thing called Building Denver. Okay. And it's an ode. It's like a dedication to the built environment of Denver. So like the architecture yeah. and all these different buildings. And there's like huge maps that are blown up and placed on the wall from like the early 1900s. Okay. Um, and it kind of just shows how the city itself has developed over time. Mm -hmm. Like they have these little like sculptures and models of like different parts of the city. It's really cool. But what they wanted me to do uh, with the exhibit is called Brick and Soul. Okay. Um, is they wanted me to connect the environment to yeah. the human element. Huh. So like connecting the architecture like to the human side of Denver and what 
what really gives life to these lifeless buildings, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's the, it's the people that, you know, are born and raised here. It's the people that uh, celebrate in Denver and hmm. they also mourn in Denver, right? right? And they also, they protest in Denver and they cruise in Denver. Sometimes they protest and cruise at the same time, right? you know? So it's like really paying homage to the, to the people that built the city. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not a, like... Um, overall comprehensive like history it's just like it's based on the time that i've spent here you know yeah and it's from the perspective of an outsider and it's what it's dedicated to the people that have made my experience here meaningful hmm. that's yeah. dope man yeah thank you i've been talking with artists about like just their journey mm-hmm. right and of course um a lot of people listening are trying to figure out what their own journey is going to be yeah and part of everybody's journey is discussing things that didn't work out like things that we tried and maybe have failed or were discouraging. Yeah. Uh, Do you have some examples of something like that? (laughs) Do I got to talk about? No. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, like I, you know, I got into music Mm -hmm. and um, I was, I was rapping for a while. Okay. Um, I opened up for some like pretty big artists. Okay. um, I didn't even notice about you, man. Yeah. man. (laughs) so like, that's Loki, bro. That's Justin. He, he know he might have some tracks. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I've done songs with like Samir from the Reminders. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I've done. I've opened up for like Joel Ortiz from out of New York. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Different artists, and um, <laughs> you know, like I did that for a couple of years, and it was fun, and it was uh, a learning experience. But ultimately, like it just. I didn't see it going any further than what it, you know? You speak in my heart, man. You know? Yo, I won all these rap battles in Atlanta. Uh-huh. Like, just street cypher stage stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I came here, and I was doing, it was a year that I did 52 shows. Mm. And made enough money to hire a band to back me for all of them. Yeah. And I'm doing them at, like, Walnut Room, Dazzle, place like that. Back when Walnut Room was, like, really a really dope hip-hop spot. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't get no coverage. Yeah. I was sending press releases. I couldn't get in the underground music showcase. Like, that was a hard, hard place for hip hop. Yeah, people would give me like props at the shows. Sure, but nothing, nothing was happening. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel you. Like, I put exactly as much hustle into that as I do into this comic book stuff. And yeah, for some reason, when I do comic books, people care. <laughs> you know, I, I came to the realization. I was like, you know, I was like, I, I don't know how much further I can take this. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I don't want to lose the love for the art form mm-hmm. um, just because I had a bad experience right. with it, you know, but that was like right around the time that I started going to Metro state. Okay. So I kind of like left it behind yeah. started focusing on my studies. And then that's when I like picked up the phone and like was taking pictures of the city. Wow. Right? But like, didn't, didn't never dream that that would lead me to, to where I'm at now with my photography. That, that I mean, that's a real parallel, man, because like, okay. My father introduced me to comic books when I was five mm. because he wanted me to read. He's a journalist. Yeah, okay. So he got me into comics. So I've been reading comics my whole life. Okay. And when it wasn't cool, like like when I was in elementary school, I didn't know anybody else in the school who liked comic books. I had one friend who went to a different school. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 10, I started going to comic book conventions in Atlanta. And I would be, me and my homeboy would go to the one friend from the other school. Yeah. We would go and we would be the only kids and only black people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it would be like 300 people at the most. Mm-hmm. That's comic book conventions when we started were not even big enough in Atlanta that it could be its own thing. It would have to be like comic book slash Star Trek convention. Right. 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 And uh, we couldn't, they didn't make black Vulcaneers. So, <laughs> so I was no like, way. So you remember? Yeah. With I was like, I want to, I did them. I was like, I want to be a Vulcan, but I yeah. couldn't do it. Right. So, like, uh, I worked a lot of years of hip-hop. And, like, you know, we talked before the thing, like, uh, before the recording. Like, you know, I went on tiny tours and stuff like that. Yeah. And just nothing seemed to be working. And then, you know, like, I got discouraged, did insurance for, like, four years. And then I was like, I'm just going to try and write a comic because I'm not happy insurance. Yeah. And suddenly, like, I put out the first graphic novel in 2017. And... I can be a professor. I got to do that TED talk. All this, like, if you had told 10-year-old me that writing a and comic book would make me a too, professor. Right? Yeah. I remember seeing you at comic <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Right. So, like, all of these things have happened. And I think what you're saying about, like, 
being an artist, loving different things, mm-hmm. but being open to trying right. those different things and seeing not being scared respond. of failing. Yeah. yeah, not being scared of failing. Like, um, I think ego is like one of the things mm-hmm. that kills artists, you know, more than anything. Yeah, um, and like realizing that hey, maybe I'm not cut out for this, you know? Yeah, and I, I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I was able to realize that um, because. You know, if I had it, I don't, I don't know where I'd be. Right. I don't know where I'd be. So, so yeah. So like, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm grateful for the, for those couple years learning, you know, it was learning experience. And like, I got to like rap on stage with Mr. Liff in front of like a few thousand people at nice. Ogden. Yeah. But you know, that was it. That was right. really it. And, um, you know, being able to like say that that led and, and eventually like those connections that I made in the hip hop world here, uh, allowed me to to cover a lot of these shows yeah um and meet other artists like that i idolized and like be able to like take their photos yeah so it wasn't wasted that's the thing yeah people have to pay attention to that right because same for me like all the hustle i learned in Mm hip-hop i applied to graphic novels and comics nobody's hustling like that in that arena (laughs) you know what i'm saying facts yeah facts also that you had to like you know the hustle that it takes to like try to book a show yep you know, um, trying to sell tickets, trying yeah. to sell merch. Like you flip that hustle around and like hey, focus that hustle in a different in a different career, different. You know, yeah, uh, it's it, it pays off because, like you said, I love that. But I think that whole message of none of those efforts are wasted. Like that time I spent in hip hop, time you spent in hip hop, mm-hmm. like those directly feed into what we're doing now for sure. And we wouldn't be able to do it on this level if we hadn't had those times, you know? Yeah. That's a really dope thing. All right, so uh, creatively, ideas, they come to you all the time. Yeah. How do you decide which ones you're gonna act on? Hmm, that's a good question. I kinda just go for it. Yeah. So like, if I if I get an idea, uh-huh. I just kinda like, go head first into it. Yeah. And try to execute it. And, um, you know, I think it's in the execution that I find whether or not it'll work. Or, yeah. Or whether or not, um, this has the potential of being something more. Hmm. So, so yeah. So you know, there's a lot of stuff that I've like tried to do that I, like never really um, continued with. Yeah. Um, but like the stuff with the lowriders. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's something that I was like one day I'm gonna go out there and meet people, and then I just stuck with it. And like, mm-hmm. you know, seven years later, like. Um, the city of Denver, the city council of Denver, yeah, um, put out a proclamation what two years ago, and proclaimed uh, a day in August as a cruise down Fez Day, huh. and my name was like in the oh, proclamation. Cool. Nice, and you know, it's like, huh. I, you know, I, I'm super grateful for it. You right. know, I don't know if my, I, I truly deserve to have my name uh, in in that uh, proclamation, especially when there was like so many people that were left off that proclamation that had way more to do uh, with the lowrider community. Mm. Um, but either way, I'm thankful and uh, I'm thankful that I'm like able to, to represent this community with, with the photography and, and yeah. I've gained the trust of the folks here um, uh, to be able to represent them. That's dope. Yeah. Huh. All right. So um, one of the other things that I've been discussing with a lot of people is artistic fear. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, uh, a lot of people who are like aspiring artists, they, they're aspiring mostly because they're afraid. Mm. And so, um, my questions for you are, do you feel fear about your art and then how do you manage it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, especially as a, as somebody that represents Denver with their photography, mm. that's not from here. Mm. I feel that a lot. Mm. Um, just like, I feel like I could never represent the city um, as intimately as somebody that's from here. Yeah. Right. Um, I haven't spent enough time here. You know, I haven't dealt with the lo- the heartache and the loss mm-hmm. of like growing up here, mm-hmm. um, seeing the city turn turn change change yeah. as much as it has. Um, you know, there's people that have you know lifelong Denver residents that have seen it change. So. I definitely feel that fear and I definitely feel like that imposter. Yeah. But when I see people's reactions to the work, yeah. when I see, um, when people reach out to me and say, 
I love what you're doing. I love how you're representing the city. I love how you're representing our culture, our mm-hmm. community. When they say that it makes them feel like they're living, they're like seeing photos from like their earlier years. Yeah. You know, huh. uh, it makes them feel like they're home, like seeing, seeing my photos. That's, That's cool. what makes me abandon all that fear. Like, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I was just thinking about, okay, so fear is just such a weird thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, so I, I really encountered it when I was doing the insurance job because it was mm-hmm. sales based. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned being an introvert. I'm an introvert too. That's part of why I don't talk to many people. Mm-hmm. Like even on a dance, but I just go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so selling business insurance meant that I had to walk into a business, introduce myself, ask for the owner, initiate a conversation and then be like, so who, who's your insurance with? Like, yeah. Right. So I would do it, but it was hard. So like, my whole practice was like, I would walk to the front of a business, take a deep breath, get myself ready. Mm-hmm. Right. So I decided uh, I was going to go down. Uh, I parked on sixth. Like a Cap Hill area? Yeah. Or? Yeah. So, you know, like that whole strip, right? That's all yeah, like, all like, businesses. Yeah. It's like mom and pop businesses, mm-hmm. right? So the very first one, I, I park and it's a brick building and I was going to do that same plan. I was going to walk in front, take the deep breath. Yeah. And uh, so I walk in the front and it's a picture window. It's a hair salon, and it's all these like super pretty women. Okay, turn and look at me, and I was like, "Oh!" And I just walked away like I wasn't trying to go in. Right <laughs> now, you've seen me talk to women on the dance floor, right? Yeah. So, like, it wasn't even like pretty women in different contexts wouldn't make me nor- nervous, right? But like the for some reason, the fact that I was coming to sell insurance, I just panicked, right? And like, it, it was it was I was embarrassed with myself, right? So I decided, okay, I'm going to go to every other business and then come back to this one last, right? Yeah. So I did. I spent a couple of hours and I walked in and then I came to them last. And they're the ones who bought insurance from me. Wow. So what that really taught me was whatever fear, whatever it was that I was, had nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. They needed insurance and I needed to sell insurance. It's that fear of rejection sometimes. Right. It's like it's really stifles you, can't stifle you. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're not like, if you just don't like push through it and overcome it. I mean, I feel you, bro. Like that. Sometimes, like it's never, it's never the photos that I capture hmm. that I really love that that I really love that I think of the most. The ones that I that I was too scared to oh. go capture. Wow, that I like that haunt me. Huh? Yeah, that's really something. Yeah. Huh? Okay, let me ask you, man. Uh, you see a young Armando pops up on the scene, you know, just a younger version of you. Yeah. And thinks about getting into this photography game. What advice would you give him? Do it, do it for you. Do it, do it because you love to do it. Hmm. Um, don't do it because it's what's popular. Hmm. You know, it's not, don't do it for the likes or the recognition. Yeah. Do it because you really enjoy the art. Huh. Um, yeah. Do it because you feel the need to create something, but don't do it because um, you feel like people are waiting on you to like do something with your art. Hmm. Don't do it because you feel like you need to like drop the next hot image. <laughs> it'll, it'll show through the work when it's authentic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nice. I think yeah. So it's like it's stay true to yourself. As cliche as that that shit is, yeah, it's the realest thing, man. Just mm. like stay true to yourself and what you what you love, and and uh, the the work will be authentic. Where yeah, okay. What's next? What are your goals? Where are you headed? What <clears throat> you want to do next creatively? Man, I don't know. I'm like trying to get back out and travel more. Yeah, like I love traveling and going to different places that I've never been before, and like you know meeting people and documenting what's going on in those cities. Um, so hopefully I can get back out there soon. Um, this whole COVID shit is, you know, yeah. I'm like ready for it to be over, but we got to be careful. Um, but, um, but yeah, the exhibit Colorado is up now. It's going to be open for another year. So oh, wow. it'll be up until July 30th, which is kind of crazy. That's great. Yeah. Um, just had a meeting today with the Botanic Gardens. Yeah. On a, hopefully a project that we'll be working with, uh, on for the next couple years. It's kind of a long-term project, but hopefully we can um, celebrate the um, Latino agriculture and cuisine here in the state. Okay. Um, It's a long-term project, but I'm pretty excited about it. I have all these ideas that are like bubbling up, being the son of like two immigrant parents. Right. 
Um, what else? I mean, <clears throat> we're going to have some things coming up with a shooting hopefully soon. Okay. Trying to like push that more and, and kind of like, um, get back to the, to the essence of how we started as yeah. a group and, and get more of our, uh, the people that, that mess with us, like kind of get them into the, these, uh, arenas, like these museums mm-hmm. and hopefully maybe do a group show. All right. Well, so uh, you mentioned social media stuff. If people want to follow your work, where do they go? Yeah. So at Armando underscore Gennaro. I'm going to encourage you to spell your last yeah, name. Yeah. Yeah. So I will spell my whole name. All right. So A-R-M-A-N-D-O. And the last name is G-E-N-E-Y-R-O. Uh, and then my website is just ArmandoGennaro.com. Dope. Yeah. Hey, Armando, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me. Man. Alan, man, thank you for having me. Thank yeah. you, MCA, man. This was really fun. I appreciate it. Just I'm glad that you and I were able to have a full-on conversation. <laughs> After years. Conversation right. Ever. <laughs> Without music playing, that's what it right. takes. Yeah, with a loud-ass speaker. <laughs> thank you to today's guest, Armando Gennaro. Visit ncadenver.org forward slash podcast to learn more about his work. Born is hosted by me, R. Allen Brooks. Cheyenne Michaels is our producer and editor. Courtney Law is our executive producer. How Art is Born is a project of the Museum of Contemporary Art Denver. Mm-hmm.